0: Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference.
1: Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to an exciting edition of Training Unleashed. First, I want to acknowledge you, our listeners, for being here, and the C-Suite Network, radio and TV, for all of your great support. Today, we have like an amazingly timely conversation going on because we're gonna talk about company culture. We're gonna talk about how to set companies up for success, particularly dealing with COVID. But unlike other episodes that we've talked about, we're really gonna spend a lot of time talking about the transition from the COVID pandemic world to the real world. So I think we could not have picked a better time or topic. To do that, of course, you have to have the right guest can't be just any guests. So with us is Chuck Cooper. He is with Whitewater Consulting. He's the founder, he's the managing member of the org- organization. Chuck, let me just start with just the simplest and easiest question uh, for you is, what's going through the minds of employees today? How are they thinking? How are they feeling?
1: First, it's great to be with you today, Evan. Um, as it as, as relates to your question, um, I think that when you're looking at where we are as a, uh, as a country right now, as we look to open back up and we're making that transition into uh, what we would consider our norm. Uh, I, there's just a lot of uncertainty at this point. Uh, I think leadership has a good handle right now on where they think the organization and they have clarity on how they want to move forward. Uh, they're just not sure about the the uh, the nuts and the bolts of how they're going to go about bringing all their people back into the office, or are they going to continue to let part of their organization work from home? And how do you handle that hybrid? So there are some unknowns at this point, uh, but I think that overall, pe- people are feeling much more optimistic and they're f- more sure about where we're going um, as it relates to uh, businesses today.
0: So... I'm just asking you this question and, and a little different. How are you feeling, you know, and with your company and your people, how, what, what's this been like for you?
1: So uh, overall, the last year has been, it's been really amazing to see um, how our business has grown um, and the fact that we were really focused on a certain geography, uh, but because of the pandemic, it really opened up a lot more opportunities for us to work with our clients from coast to coast. And so it's, there's been great opportunities from that right now because of where we are as, a, as, uh, as it relates to the vaccines, uh, the number of people that have been vaccinated and the fact that we are moving very quickly. I'm just, I'm feeling much more optimistic right now of um, far as where we're going for the next six to nine months. And I think that 2021 is, is set up to be a really good year for, for a lot of companies.
0: I, I love what you what you said because you know the, the old adage you know take lemons and turn them into lemonade, and and I think a lot of companies have done that. I, I think a lot of companies have used this as an opportunity to have more virtual employees. They use this an opportunity to expand segments. Um, I know for my you know for myself and my training company, we're just doing tons of virtual leader led training development and things of that nature. So I, I love that and. I think that business is going to change for everybody, and
1: you also have, you know, quite candidly, a, a little different product. I do feel like we are unique. Um, th- there's a lot of people that do things that are very similar to what we do, but but they don't. We have a different approach, and um, and that's something that I think is has paid great dividends for us. So I'm excited about where we are and where we're going uh, for the future.
0: Yeah, and th- there's no doubt um, to your point before that virtual has changed everything you know where you were you know regional and now you can be you know anywhere in the country uh for that matter you could be anywhere in the world yeah well,
1: uh, see i think that's something right there evan i think is really a key piece and that is i was just on a, on a meeting this morning where i think we have always focused on we went virtual last year we really focused on well i can be in um i can be in the mountains of north carolina working charlie well now The reality is you expand that out, you could be in California and be working in for a job in North Carolina. But I was just on a call this morning, we had somebody from South Africa that was was a part of our conversation. So it has opened up from a global perspective, we've got opportunities now to work anywhere in the world. Uh, And it's gonna create some interesting issues for people in the US when we start having people from Japan or from China or other countries taking positions or, you know, accepting opportunities here in Charlotte. You
0: know, I use the rubber band analogy Mm -hmm. where, you know, you take, if you think of your business and the pandemic causes us to stretch the rubber band, right. To do different things. And that if we just release the rubber band, it's
1: going to go right back to where we were. Mm -hmm. And that's not the right place to be. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you're right. And, you know, and I've heard a lot of people say in, in, over the last year, well, I can't wait to get through this till we can go back to the way things used to be. And the reality is we're not going back to, it's never going to be the same. The great thing is we've got an opportunity right now to be able to recreate what we want things to be going forward from a company perspective, from a family, from society. Let's make something better because when you think back the way things used to be, I can remember everybody talking about work-life balance is so bad. They had all these issues and now people want to go back to that. Well, we've got an opportunity to make things better. So let's focus on that.
0: Yeah. And I do think, you know, when you get into benefits of things, mental health is going to improve. Um, people, you know, there's, you know, less driving, less less frustration. Right. Um, you know, it, I, I think, Ultimately, these these are good things. Let's get back, though, to culture, because culture is king. And I don't know who said it, but somebody said it, that um, every company has culture. The question is, are you the one creating it or is it being created by itself? So, So what advice do you have for our listeners for developing the right company culture and the right mindset for the transition back into regular business, uh, albeit maybe not the same as, you know, where we were a little over a year ago, you know, pre-pandemic.
1: Yeah, most companies that I've spoken with over the last year have had to pivot or they've made a change in direction as far as how they were going to be able to move forward. And I think that as we look at the culture right now, because of the fact that we are, uh, working from home or working virtual, as well as uh, having people in the office. We're trying to understand at this point exactly what we want that culture to be. So I'm, when I talk with leaders today, they are working very closely with their leadership teams to really identify what, again, what their mission, vision, values are, and what's really important to them from, a, uh, from their people's perspective, We've seen leaders have to make significant changes in the way that they lead their organizations because of the pandemic and the changes that have happened. And I think from that, uh, the employees, when it comes to culture, they're looking for leadership to be much more empathetic, to be much more transparent, to provide more granular communication um, so that they can really have confidence and have trust of within their leadership so that as they as an organization can move forward together more as a community rather than the hierarchy that we've seen in the past.
0: Well, I think it's an ex- excellent point that you bring up. And one of the things that I've noticed by talking to leaders is that the pandemic required them to be more transparent, to be more open, to be more vulnerable, which I think has scared people. But when the response has been so positive and appreciative, um, I think it's gonna be a permanent change in management as, as, as you describe. Um, you know what would be helpful, I think, for all of our listeners is, and you don't need to share a company name, but maybe just like a case study. You know, here's what the company was going through, and this is what they you know, what they found, this is what things they tried, this is how it worked, you know, maybe something that can kind of take what you're describing and into real practical terms.
1: Well, if I could, I'd like to use a case study that we did uh, at the end of last year. Uh, and really this is kind of setting the stage for where we are going right now. But we, we were talking with the organization, they had um, some real challenges as related to their culture, their, um, their productivity and the morale within the, their company was, ext- was on a downward spiral. Uh, they had some real challenges as it related to uh, their participation with uh, employee benefits. And so we were able to go in and have some conversations with their leadership team to get a good understanding of what they've tried, where they are today, and ultimately where they want to go. And what we were, one of the things, we we were able to uh, implement several different strategies, but one key piece to this, as far as helping impact the culture and the morale and ultimately the productivity of their employees, was we were able to, uh, implement a, a, a comprehensive benefit strategy for them. Now, as part of that benefit strategy, what we saw within the organization was they had, in their workforce, they had everybody from millennials all the way to, to boomers that were about to retire. And what they, we recognized was that the, the benefits and um, the packages that they were offering were being perceived completely differently as a boomer compared to the millennials. And so by understanding where everyone, kind of were, uh, by taking a picture of where they were as a company, we were able to look at their benefits and expand that benefit package that they were offering, not increase their cost, but expand the offerings that they had so that the millennials were focused on, as they were focused on the, their budgets and looking for high, co- or high um, deductible plans where they could generate some savings going into HSAs. The boomers were so focused on uh, having a richer benefit plan and also they wanted to minimize any liability that they could take on with, the, with uh, out-of-pocket payments. So we were able to expand that benefit package and offer m- more plans to them and the, from that, everyone within, from the millennials to the boomers were able to um, find plans that fit them well, fit into their budgets, helped uh, their really help with their engagement because they felt like that this was a key area that their uh, management had not really heard them in the past. By making these changes, they felt like they had been heard. The, The management was taking what they were feeling and saying much more seriously today as it, than they did before the pandemic. So the, the result of that, that case study was that their morale improved, their level of engagement with their employees improved, and ultimately their KPIs that they were measuring productivity on has is continued to improve in from December of last year through today. And so their trajectory is much more positive today than it was prior to that. One of the things that we did in there as well was we brought in a company out of Florida um, it's called PTO Genius, and they basically work with any organ, any size organization, but it allows the employees to sell back to the company the unused PTO that they have, and then use those dollars for other types of benefits. So if you got a millennial that's got student loans, you can use those dollars to pay down student loan debt. you got a boomer on the other end that wants to buy long-term care or more life insurance, they can use those dollars for that. And so it creates a way for employees to gener- basically use their benefits and convert that to cash. And then also it takes reduces that accrued liability on the books of the employer so that you don't have to carry the, as much liability on your books.
0: Well, the other thing that's interesting is, and I, I'm not sure this is a good or bad thing, but more sick people can work, right? Because the, you know, the number one frustration I used to have is somebody would come to work because they needed the money and they're sick. Yes. And now they're gonna make the whole company sick. And, Correct. Uh, and there are different kinds of levels of sickness. So I'm not implying that people should work sick. But if if, you're, you, know, if you have you know, the beginning of a cold and you, know, you feel good enough to work, you know, if you're working virtually, you're not risking making the entire company sick, Correct. where if you had to come to work, you would be. Um, and I, I think that'll be interesting. I think there'll be a lot less sick days. Uh, because people will be less sick and then people will more likely feel like they're okay working when they're sick. Uh,
1: yeah, I think that's going to be, that, and that will have an impact. There's no, no doubt. Of, and I think that if you're working from home, uh, I think people are still committed, even if you're not feeling well at home, you're going to continue to check emails and to, to be productive at home versus if you're coming into the office. Yeah. Of course, I think
0: one of the worst things that can happen is if we become 24-hour employees right? Because, you know, you have so to set some lines and boundaries.
1: Boundaries is the key. You're exactly, right. and that's where we are right now, people working from home. This last year, we've lived at home, we've worked at home, we've tried to educate our kids from home um, and trying that that boundary, or there has been no boundary between work and personal. And I think from particularly within small to mid-sized community, um, again, I think that's something that leadership has got to step forward and say, these are the boundaries. We are going to we are going to create these boundaries for you to help protect you, um, and we expect you to you know to live within these guidelines. Um, and just as like, I think it's really important that we that we encourage our employees to take time off and to yeah. utilize PTO because in two thousand eighteen as a country we left seven hundred and five seven hundred and ten million days of unused PTO on the books, wow. which because we're so that stigma is I can't afford to take time away, or if I do take time away, management's going to see me from a different perspective and I may miss out on opportunities. And and, and I think
0: that's where we have to be really careful is to allow people to take real vacations. And I I take work vacations and I take real vacations. Okay. And so like I was skiing last week and but I had scheduled meetings because it was sort of, you know, I own the company so I I'm not paying attention to anybody what's on and what's off. But I had things I knew I had to do. But there are times when I'll go on a vacation. And I'll just tell the team, unless it's an emergency, you know, I'm not checking my email. I'm, you know, I'm not taking. I'm not taking meetings. Right. And then on some vacations, I'll go and I'll say, yeah, okay, I'm going to check my email and, and you know, I'll book a morning meeting or a late in the day meeting um, because it allows me to actually go on the vacation, which is probably the distinction.
1: It is um, and I- I think we gotta encourage our people to do that. Yeah. Um, I, t- I was talking with the business the other day and they actually told me that as leaders, we tell our employees to go and we are cutting their, their corporate email off when they go so that they can't check that. Just, yeah. they just, that's, they want that, them going and unplugging. That's a good idea. That's a very good idea.
0: Tornal Training's learning matter experts are passionate about designing effective solutions that move the needle. Whether your organization needs development of e-learning courses, instructor-led training, or assistance with creating optimized electronic versions of employee handbooks, our team can help. To learn more, visit tortle.com slash learning development. So what you're saying, if I hear you correctly, is by really thinking about your benefits and structuring them in a way that the organization, uh, everyone feels heard and everyone has the right opportunity makes sense. Um, What I'd love to do is take this conversation really into changes. You know, what changes are there in benefit plans since COVID? I mean, obviously people getting sick with COVID is not cheap. Um, At the same token, people getting certain elective surgeries and other things have gone down. How has health insurance industry been affected by Uh, by the pandemic in terms of rates, fees, options, things of that nature. And also, I'm making this a longer question for you, but how are companies dealing with like sick leave when people have COVID and things of that nature? So that's a big question. So so chunk it the way you need to.
1: So as we look at at that question, Evan, I think that from a carrier standpoint, uh, carriers are doing everything that they can in 2021 to try to minimize the, the uh, increases that they're passing on to, their, uh, to the employers today. And I think that that's really important. So they're trying to help really stabilize the costs, knowing that there's been a huge increase in the level of claims from 2020. I think that at the end of the day, when, if we fast forward 12 months, we're gonna see our increases this coming year are gonna be pretty much in line from where they have been but I believe that as we look out 12 months, as we look at toward the end of 2022, I think we're gonna see some pretty significant increases um, in, our, in our health premiums because those claims have gotta be passed on and uh, employers are gonna be, uh, they're gonna be the ones that are gonna to have to figure out how they want to handle that and how much of that they want to absorb versus pass on to the employees. Obviously that's gonna have a significant impact on culture as well as on retention of, them, of their high performing employees and the attraction of new employees going forward. So, so
0: from a training perspective, what can companies do to minimize from a training perspective, some of their, their costs from a benefits perspective?
1: There's been some studies, case studies that have been released. Business Solver put out a case study about a year and a half ago um, that showed that the average employee spends about 17 minutes on their annual renewal, um, basically their open enrollment when they go through and and select their benefits. And the reality is a lot of times what we typically do is we just fall back into what is most comfortable to us. So we don't really even look at the benefit plans that are being offered. We just go back to what we've always used or what we've always selected. And so I think that there has to be um, an education strategy that has to be implemented from a training perspective. And so what we do with a lot of our clients is we actually have created annual um, programs for them where we will do things like lunch and learns. We will do Uh, maybe provide them with uh, PDFs or with handouts uh, and, and provide them with other tools that can help educate them just on the terminology of the benefit plans and also help them understand how to most effectively use the benefits that they have. One of the key areas that we continue to see challenges in in that arena is people going to the ER for everything in the reality, is that's the most expensive solution that that an employee can choose, and so helping employees understand by making those decisions, how does how does that really impact the the overall claims within the organization, and what does that do to the uh, premiums increases? That you know, you it,
0: see, it's interesting you say that because literally just last night I was talking to my son, who couldn't get into his primary care physician for a week, and I said, why don't you do telehealth? Not tell Video health, and because that's the cheapest form of medicine, and then you get your answer right away. You don't have to stay sick or whatever. Um, and educating people, I think, to take advantage of that. And and I know I've done, you know, doctor visits via Zoom and other. And I I, I don't think it's technically Zoom, uh, but um, you know, it, I think I think that's going to have a huge impact economically. And on the positive side
1: absolutely there's without question that's going to be a, and that's something that has come from the pandemic is just the acceptance of the of telehealth and I think that most people are, are very comfortable with that today I know that as you go back to the to the younger generations um, to your son's age and, and you know probably for those in the 20s and 30s especially I mean they're very very comfortable using their phones for for telehealth uh, to get prescriptions or get colds taken care of. And I think that's going to be something that will continue to grow. It is going to have a very significant impact on our claims and in a very positive way. So I think that, um, you know, Teladoc and organizations like that are going to continue to do very, very well.
0: Yeah. So at this point of the conversation, someone could be listening to us, Chuck, and think that your primary role in life is to sell insurance. And yet I know that that's not your primary role. That is part of what you do, but you're really into corporate culture and, and not just the culture, but the hiring and, and onboarding of people properly. So let's shift
1: back into that, into that direction. And you know, why does this all matter? Well, I think first of all, from an organization, from a company standpoint, their greatest asset they have are their people. And so being able to take care of your people is critically important. And I think that's, that's a key role for leadership today, but I think that when you look at um, how you go about positioning yourself as a company to attract and to be able to retain high quality, high performing employees, this ultimately, you know, when you look at that, that's. What determines whether a, a person stays with your organization or you're able to attract they're going to look at your culture they're going to look at um, you know the opportunity that they have uh, within the company and how much what that career path may look like within the organization and that's where i see a lot of companies that have really had challenges is the fact that they can get people in the door but then they there's not really a path with any kind of clarity that gives an employee the The reason to stay, you know, with the company long term. We are a firm belief that a happy employee is a is a more engaged employee. A more engaged employee is a more productive employee. And a more productive employee has a significant impact on the financial performance of that organization. So, when you look at people, and the company and owners will ask me, how do you go about quantifying engagement, or how do you qual- quantify the return? on you know, some of the programs you're, you're recommending to us. First, you have to go back and look at what KPIs are they really are they tr- tracking today? A lot of times they don't know what really, they don't know the, the, the key pieces that they need to be tracking. So we start from really from ground zero and help our clients work through what are those important factors, help them identify where they are today. And then we start to, m- to measure that on a month to month, as well as quarter to quarter. And almost 100% of the time, we see anywhere from typically 50% to 75% to 100% or greater returns when we change the, the engagement level uh, within their employee base.
0: So it's you're, you're what you do is interesting to me because is very few people I think look as holistically at a, at a employer based like like you do. So let's just, you know, talk about, you know how you work with your customers. What, you know, what are the types of companies that you work with and how you work with them? And, and let's try to do it in a way that not only, you know that's not an ad for you per se but to give people an understanding of what you do but also give people an understanding of what they could do themselves even if they, even if they chose not to work with you.
1: Well, I think, and I appreciate the opportunity just to kind of talk through that, um, you know, with Whitewater Consulting, I mean, our, our company, we are a business consulting practice that specializes in human resources, where we work with organizations of all sizes and in all industries, uh, because the fact that every company, when your greatest asset is your people, we've all got, we all recognize that they can be your greatest asset, but also they can be, um, a, a. there are challenges that come along with being an employer as it relates to um, you know, just the compliance, HR compliance to um, you know, the, the cost of, of benefits. So things along those lines are things that we really begin to look at. So from a, from a company, you know, we love to be able to engage again with, with the C-suite because oftentimes we find that there's uh, a lack of continuity and understanding as far as mission, vision, values, even within the C-suite, and what that business strategy looks like, to how they're going to move their organization forward, and that's really where we start is in that area. And then we were able to identify, uh, you know, when it comes to things such as training for their employees, to communications, um, as well as the employee engagement we really focus in on those things because we feel like those have the greatest impact on the growth and the success of the organization, as well as the growth in revenue. Uh, and so what we typically do is once we identify those, we have a wonderful network of professionals. Most of the people within our network have got 20 to 30 years of experience in their designated areas. So they're, all of them are subject matter experts. And so what we typically do is we identify those gaps and then we, we use our network to come in and be the solution provider to our clients. And then what we do is as from my perspective is then I manage that relationship with my clients on a quarterly basis so that we can see the uh, how we're performing and also to see what challenges there may be within those relationships. So it's, it's one of the things we are building our, our business on a long-term with a long-term relationship plan with each of our clients.
0: What I love about what you're saying is that you're really identifying, you know, what the key things everyone should you know, keep performing, what people should be watching. You're making sure that they tie into the values of the company and that the company is ed- educating and training people and bring ev- bringing everyone on line. And uh, I think that's uh, something a lot, you know, when in the pre-conversation, what struck me is how many companies just ignore what you do. And you I think you said it earlier in, in this, and sometimes I get the two conversations a little confused. Um, you know, as you spend 30 minutes a year, 20 minutes a year worrying about or thinking about things that impact the lives of every person that works for you uh, in an in, in, in organization. So I think uh, very, very interesting uh, uh, topic. Um, I understand. I understand. I know you have quite a few uh, opportunities of free uh, free tools for people.
1: Uh, would you mind uh,
0: sharing that with everyone?
1: So, for our listeners, we have a webpage that's set up specifically for you. It is Whitewater Consulting slash Training Unleashed, and there you will find uh, some free resources that we have made available. One of those, uh, one of the gifts that we have available for you is the a copy of the business solver uh, case study that was released a couple of years ago that is very pertinent today. Two, we have a document that is available that will help you understand your HR current cost, which is really important. And then three, we are also offering for those um, that would like a free 20 minute consultation uh, to really just be able to call and to be able to have a conversation about your challenges or any questions you may have, we'd love to be able to be a resource for you. So
0: that is whitewaterconsulting.net slash trainingunleashed. And you got a tool to do an evaluation. You got a case study uh, to show people and you give people 20 minutes of your time, uh, which I think is uh, fantastic. Appreciate it. Um, As everyone who watches this show knows, we always end and ask our guests, if you have one thing, one, one tip to share with our audience, what would that one tip be?
1: The one tip that I have for, and this goes for everyone, not just uh, for leaders, but I think that as we look to that one thing that can pay huge dividends today, as well as a decade from now, it's improving our understanding of emotional intelligence.
0: I love that. I love that. That's a great tip. Uh, Chuck, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank our audience for listening. I want to thank C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio for being great partners. Um, I also want to remind our audience that we have something new going on now, which is we have a book club for Training Unleashed uh, where we all can share and talk about and discuss books. So go to trainingunleashed.net. We're also a.NET, Chuck. Uh, trainingunleashed.net. And uh, if you're not a full-time listener, you can subscribe to the show there, but also you can join our book club. We'd love to have you. Uh, again, Chuck, thank you. And our audience, thank you very much. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to Tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's Tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net.